Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm also a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I have a gold medal in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. I am so excited to share that my next book is coming out soon. I am a co-author in the fastest growing personal development book series in the world with Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. The really cool thing is that the foreword was written by the one and only Les Brown, and for my copies, I'm on the cover with him. If you would like a free copy when it's available, email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Today's guest is Jess Ekstrom. Jess is the founder of Headbands of Hope and also the author of Chasing the Bright Side. She started the company in her college dorm room with her friend, and since then, they are now celebrating 10 years and recently announced donating over 1 million headbands back to children with illnesses. The company is fully women-owned and women-ran. This is such an inspiring story, and I hope you enjoy it. Jess Ekstrom, I am so excited to to talk to you today. Before we hit record, I was just telling Jess that when I saw her her publicist scheduled me this interview, I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. So I'm I'm like feeling a little starstruck right now. I love this. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, the feeling is mutual. I'm so excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk about your book, The Bright Side. And for those of you who are seeing this on my YouTube channel, um, you can see this beautiful sign that she has. Otherwise, just for the listener, she's got this awesome The Bright Side, like in neon lights right behind her. And I think that is so oh, cool. Thank you. The, the title of the book is actually Chasing the Bright Side. Chasing the I Bright Side. I couldn't fit all of that on the neon sign. So we just have The Bright Side. <laughs> hey. It's all good. It's all good. So I want to yeah. talk about your book, Chasing the Bright Side. Um, but before that, let's talk about Headbands of Hope. And I guess when I read about your story six months ago, maybe a year ago, I don't, I don't recall how, when it was, 
But I thought, wow, like you started this in your college dorm room and look at you mm -hmm. today. So talk about how you, as a college student, my son's in college right now. So anytime I hear a college student talking about starting a business, I'm so impressed yeah. because most, oh, you know, I mean, I have a kid in college. He's the one who's, you know, on the five-year plan and I'm still proud of him. Doesn't matter. He's enjoying himself and all that, but, and he, he has that entrepreneurial mind, but most kids don't think right. about starting a, a, a company, let alone something that you have done. Well, it's funny that you say like most kids don't think about starting a company because I, that is spot on. I was not thinking I was just doing. And I think that that actually worked to my advantage that because of my young age, I like wasn't thinking about everything that could go wrong or how much time it would take or like what I was truly signing up for. I was like, oh, this seems like a good idea. Let's try it. And I was not your typical like overachiever, like uh, quite the opposite. Um, so just to kind of set the stage, but I <laughs> was in college and I was interning for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I was seeing a lot of kids that were losing their hair to chemotherapy. And um, the response would be, you know, offering them a wig or give them a hat. And, you know, I just kind of felt like it was sending a message that they should cover up their heads, like if they were losing their hair. And then I would see so many of them opt for buying their own headbands. You know, they would wear these like colorful, like flower crowns or bandanas. And, and I just remember thinking it was like the cutest thing and such a gesture of confidence that they wanted to like just restore their identity and not hide what they were going through. And um, so I remember like Googling, you know, headbands for kids with cancer and nothing came up. And, um, and so I call it the, the dumbest, smartest moment of my life where I was like, oh, well, if no one else is doing this, like, why not me? And um, so I started Headbands of Hope. For every headband sold, we donate one to a child with an illness. And that was, we just had our 10 year anniversary in April. So that was 10 years ago. And we've officially donated millions of headbands reaching every hospital in America and 22 countries now. But it was, it was not like a here to there, A to B, like many entrepreneur stories. I had no idea what I was in for, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, yeah. So what was your biggest challenges when you first started out um, in your college dorm room? <laughs> I mean, like everything from what's, what are taxes to like, how do I start a website? And I think because I was a college student too, um, you know, I had this mindset of like, what's within my, what's within my reach today versus sometimes as we get older, we think about like what we don't have. And I was just thinking about what I did have. Okay. So I have access to professors. Okay. Let me find a business professor to help me, you know, create a business plan. I needed a logo. I walked over to the graphic design school and like told a teacher that she should uh, make a class assignment about creating a logo for headbands of hope. And I got to pick the best one. And that was how I got my logo. And so, um, I was, you know, pretty scrappy and resourceful with like what I had, but I would say the biggest mistake was I, you know, had been working with this manufacturer that I found on this like database, you know, US manufacturers and had been emailing and calling with them about creating the headband and Finally, after months of communication, they got back to me or they, I think they, I sent them an email that I said I was ready to start, you know, our first round of production. 
And so they were like, great. And they sent me over an invoice and it was for $10,000. Oh and gosh. I was like, no way is that happening. And, but I, I think at the time, you know, I was also one of the, you know, blessing and a curse of being 18, 19 years old was I also felt like I couldn't push or negotiate or ask questions. Cause I was just so like, Oh, I'm just happy they're working with me. And, um, so I think I remember like Googling, like, how do I get $10,000 for my business? And two ways came up. I could get a loan from, you know, the bank, apply for a business loan and, and pay interest, or I could try to get an investor, you know, give away equity. And I was coming home for Thanksgiving break and my dad had started a business as well. And um, I was talking to him about these two different options, like a loan or um, an investment. And he was like, look, you know, I've seen your business plan. I actually think you have a really good idea. I don't want you to give away too much equity too early like I did. And I want to be your first investor. Like I will front you. I know. So sweet. I will front you the, the $10,000 and I want to be the first investor in your business. And I was so excited. You know, I shook his hand. I ran to the bank, wired this company $10,000. And I never heard from them again. <gasps> yeah. No. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was awful. It, it was like one of those left or right moments where I could have easily been like, yep, this isn't for me. Let me go apply for jobs and pretend like it's never happened. Um, but I think, you know, when I go back to that moment, I mean, obviously we went to court and tried to get the money back and all that stuff. But I, th I think about how what dug my heels into the ground was that Headbands of Hope was a solution to a problem, not a business I wanted to start. Right. So I like to call it like when you have an itch, you know, if you have like an itch in between your shoulder blades and you like can't scratch it, it drives you crazy. You know, your business or the thing that you create should be a scratch to an itch. And so kids not feeling good about themselves after losing their hair to chemotherapy. Like that was my itch. That was my problem that I wanted to solve. Headbands of hope, which provide headbands to kids with cancer to boost their confidence. That was my scratch. That was my solution. So I think the reason why I kept going and I figured it out was not because I was like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur, but it was because there was an itch that I needed to scratch. And, you know, I've talked to quite a few entrepreneurs and actually I think I've talked to two others so far that started a business out of their college dorm room and it's all, it, that's what it is. It's, there's a solution that you want to yeah. provide. Yeah. And it can be such a small thing too. Yeah. It can be a solution to your school or your community, or even if something out there already exists, but it's not the way that you want it. The like, chances are there's thousands of other people who are looking for that same version that you are. Um, and so I feel like that's along with Headbands of Hope and any venture, whether it's a book or a business or a course that I've created has always been, you know, a scratch to an itch. And that's when I think your resilience kicks in is not when you like want to win or you want to earn. It's when you want to solve, you know, like that you're solving a problem. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is all about. Right? Yes. <laughs> and we're, I love it. All and that brand. was a great yeah. segue to your book, Chasing the Bright Side. But I still want to ask a few questions about Headbands yeah. of Hope because it's such an incredible journey that you've been on. And just the fact that you've helped so many 
children and then of course adults too because you also sell other things other products for adults right yeah um but so so tell me about your first you know walk me through the the first time you were giving a headband to a child and and how did that make you feel what what was that like for you well i started giving away headbands before i was actually selling them okay. which uh you know, is like the, the model is you buy one and we give one, but I so badly wanted to start giving them out just to see like, is this working? You know, is this something that they truly want? Um, and to be able to capture those moments and those stories so that I can be connect the dots for people who are shopping and, and how a headband really does help. Um, and so I remember, uh, I had shipped some headbands to a hospital and put a note in there, you know, as to what they were for. And um, I got a letter back um, a few weeks later from a parent who, with a photo like enclosed in it, and she said that her daughter was in remission, you know, from chemotherapy, and and she was supposed to start kindergarten in the in the upcoming weeks. And up until that point, she hadn't wanted to go to kindergarten. She was dreading it. She thought, you know, because her hair hadn't grown back yet, that all the people, all the kids in class would think that she was a boy and make fun of her. And in, they were in the hospital today for a checkup and she got a headband and she got home from the hospital and laid out her like kindergarten outfit and all of her school supplies. She was like, mom, when do we start kindergarten? And she just, that letter just told me like, you know, you gave my, my child the confidence to be herself and you want to go to kindergarten. And that's like, the moment that solidified like, oh, this is, this is going to work. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know what it's going to take, but I know that it will. That's amazing. And I'm sitting here holding back the tears because that, <laughs> <I'm, laughs> that must've just been so rewarding for you to, to read. Oh, so rewarding. I mean... And the, the amount of letters that we get like that now is amazing. And I call it our smile file. So it's like yeah. keeping all these like photos and letters and moments that just remind us of the itch that we're scratching, you know, and because yeah. um, sometimes, you know, running a business is still running a business, no matter how good it is and how, you know, bright it is, there's still going to be so many highs and lows. So if you can kind of keep a collection of like reminding you, like connecting the work to the why um, is just so important in anything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really great in life too. You know, mm-hmm. I know like absolutely when my journey, you know, when I was publishing my book and everything and um, I have a couple of girlfriends that I would get a card in the mail and I hold on to those. I have them like in, in arm's reach mm-hmm. because it's so great to see that, to, to, to help you to keep, moving forward to keep propelling you yeah. to have the, that cheer, that, that something to just keep you going. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We have to keep those things front and center and just remind ourselves, you know, what it all is pointing towards. Right. Right. So now you've donated well over a million. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's really amazing just in the United States that it's gone to every single hospital. I mean, yeah. how incredible is that? Yeah. And, you know, we expanded our mission, um, to not just kids with cancer, but kids with illnesses. And because what we realized going into the hospitals was, you know, no matter if kids were suffering 
or experiencing, you know, hair loss or whatever it might be. This was just a really fun accessory that made such an impact on confidence, no matter where they were at or no matter what they were in for. It just kind of gave them a reason to smile and like a reason to hope. And so now we donate, you know, to, to all hospitalized children and kids with illnesses and just boys and girls and find that it's just such a fun distraction and, you know, disruption to like what can be a really hard time. Right. All right. Your book, Chasing the Bright Side, Embrace Optimism, Activate Your Purpose and Write Your Own Story. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I could definitely some similarities to your book which is awesome. Yes, absolutely. So what inspired you? What was, what was that itch that you needed to scratch with your book? I think I was really tired of the typical success story of like, one day I had this idea and the next day, you know, we're just sold out and I can't keep it in stock or like, you know, oh, I just worked really hard and now I'm the president and CEO. And it was just, none of it was relatable. It made me feel like I was missing something, you know, or that I was alone. You know, I, I talked about losing that $10,000. I thought I was literally the only person messing up trying to start a business. And then it wasn't until I met so many other entrepreneurs who were like, even, you know, Olympic athletes, or I, I was doing a lot on the speaking circuit and just meet people who have amounted to something. And it, I learned that it's like, oh, they all mess up and they all had no idea what they were doing. And they all, you know, had, had scrappy seasons. And so like, what's the commonality? You know, why are these people here um, versus people that believe failure and, and, and stuff is the end? And that single like through line that I would find is optimism, you know, believing that this is a, a scratch to an itch and like, believing that what they're doing is making something better. And so that was uh, chasing the bright side was a way that I could show people that it's not about skill set, It's not about expertise. You know, it's not about all these things that we kind of like wait until we have them in order to begin. It's about believing that what you're doing is making something even just 1% better. Like it doesn't have to be groundbreaking, just, a little bit better than it was before. So chasing the bright side is like my deep dive into optimism and how we can actually train our brains to be optimistic because I'll also say that I'm not naturally an optimist. <laughs> in fact, I have to work at it. Like my husband is totally an optimist, just like by nature, he wakes up every day is like the sun is shining, the tank is clean. And I'm like, sometimes can be more negative or catch myself in these like mental spirals. And so I've had to work on it and I've had to find tricks and I've had to find these kind of rewiring of my brain to, to train it, to be optimistic. And so that's what this, this book is about is sharing that. I love that because I talk about shifting our perspective, which is very similar mm -hmm. um, in that, you know, you, you, it, we always have that choice and, and I'm glad that you were, you know, shared with us some, some vulnerabilities and, and not like, you know, Yes, I'm this optimistic person, and now I'm going to write a book about it because because that's more real. I think people can really relate more to that than just preaching, you know, this is what you do or whatever. And and quite frankly, I'm the same way. And I always have to tell people I I do a lot of podcast interviews as well. 
And I said, like, yeah, I'm a happiness and mindset coach, but am I happy all the time? No, I'm not. And, and I'm, a, I'm a very normal human being, you know? Yeah. I aspire to be happy and I choose happiness every day. Am I happy 100% of the time? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> it's not no, realistic. Yeah. yeah, and if you told everyone that you were, people would say, there's no way. And like, one of the things smoking? that I... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Where, what are you smoking and where can I get some? It right, would be my, like... my answer. But um, in my, my, I have a course called Mic Drop Workshop and it teaches women how to become paid keynote speakers. Nice. And one of the things that I teach in the course when thinking about their story is like when you teach the lesson, share the moment when you were the student. Because like oftentimes the biggest things that we learn are from the times where we didn't understand it or we did it wrong. And so, so much of like my keynote and my talk today that I share at schools is not like about making myself, you know, look good or accomplished. It's like the $10,000, you know, that I lost or these other times where I learned a lesson by being the student. And so I think that that's where we can truly help people whenever we're put in a position of power or given a microphone is like, when was the time that we learned what we now know today and how can we help people learn from our mistakes? Love it. And that's, that's so critical. So what's the best advice you've ever received that, that helped keep you going? Let's say. Hmm. That's a great question. The best advice I've ever received. Um, this is going to sound like probably counterintuitive, but just that like no one's thinking about you. And I and that can either be a huge disappointment or a huge relief. And to me it's like a huge relief because so often like we move through our world like we're being watched, like we're in a fishbowl of like, you know, what is Jess gonna do today? And it's like no one's thinking that. No one's wondering that. And so um, to have this freedom of like, oh, everyone is focused on themselves. No one's thinking about me as much as I think they are. It gives me like freedom to fail, freedom to try, freedom to just like find myself, you know? And um, I think that that is one of the most like freeing pieces of advice that truly shifted the, not just the way I think, but the way I live. Yeah. I love that because I think we worry too much about what other people think of us. And quite frankly, yeah. one, what other, people think yeah. About, yeah, what other people think about me is none of my business, but number two, nobody's thinking about me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, especially living in this digital world where like oftentimes the people who don't know you might be the loudest or, you know, someone doesn't agree with the post or something that you said. And, and it's just like, there is so much reason to, that we give ourselves to like perform for all the people who aren't actually the ones that matter, you know, the most. And so, um, yeah, just like no one's thinking about you, which is, uh, uh, like I said, can be a relief or a disappointment. But yeah. to me, it's a relief. Yeah, I, it, it is a huge relief. And, and I think too many people mm -hmm. put to especially the younger generation, I think, because of, they only know social media. They grew up. Yeah. Like, you and me didn't have as much. You probably a little bit right. more than yeah. me, but me for sure. And I, I, I can't even imagine it, you know, because they really do. They get so wrapped up in how many people like it and how many people yeah. comment and 
Yeah. So what's the worst advice you've ever received? I would say the worst advice I've ever received is something along the lines of, um, like keep preparing or keep learning or keep studying or like almost like stay in the planning phase instead of transitioning to the doing phase. Um, you know, uh, like it's almost like that one side, then I mindset, like once I, you know, learn this, then I can do the thing I want to do. Or once I achieve this, then I can feel the way I want to feel. And so, you know, to the advice that I've gotten, that's like, well, you need to do this in order to do that. You know, sometimes that rings true, but sometimes, you know, the best way to actually get there is just by like starting, you know, and, um, I'm so glad that I started my business when I was 19. Like I had, I made so many mistakes and, but I wouldn't want it any other way because I learned through action instead of through planning and our plans are going to change anyway. So we might as well make progress and, and learn along the way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. All right. So back to your book. I love the introduction and just lists some of her core beliefs. <laughs> and um, there's a couple that really stand out to me. And I love that you say my dog completely understands when I speak to him in full sentences, because my dog does too. Yeah, does. Yep. hundred percent. Fully understands. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yellow traffic lights mean you floor it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Don't That's take it. my advice. Just, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's much better advice in the book rather than pouring it at the traffic lights. Yeah. I love that. And I read that before you joined and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Like, because it really just, oh I love that you started your book that way because it really just shows that you, you are human. You, you mm -hmm. know, you, you have a great sense of humor and, and I love, I love that you started it that way. Cause I think it just kind of brings you down to just, you know, you're just like everybody else. Right. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like so much of the self-help world is like speaking down, you know, where I want to speak to people. So I definitely wanted to set the tone as I started my book. So I'm glad you appreciated that. Yeah, that's really awesome. Awesome. So what else would you like to share with the audience before we close up the interview? I would just say, you know, with Headbands of Hope, I think that one of the biggest things I want people to learn from this company is that small acts of kindness can make such a big impact. I mean, we give out headbands, we, which might seem so small. We're not like sending people to college or, you know, whatever it might be, but it makes such a difference. And so, you know, I hope that you can look at like what we've started and think of like, how can you apply it to your world or what are the small things that you can offer someone else? Um, that can make a big difference in their day. Uh, and so that's really what I hope. Uh, I hope people, you know, keep buying lots of headbands and I hope the company continues to grow. But I also hope that it's an example of just small things can make a big difference. It's huge. It's a huge example. And um, I just saw, um, I forget the gentleman's name who started um, Bob's the footwear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was just on Shark Tank. Well, I don't know. If oh, cool. It, it may have been a repeat episode. I don't keep up with yeah. it. But um, but I love that 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 he kind of 
I don't know if he was the first one that did it, but it was certainly that business model has just shown. And I and and I think that's what I loved about your company because it was that same business model. And I, I think that just more people need to stop worrying about the bottom line so much and, and what can I do to help other people and still have my business. Yeah, absolutely. Right, you can do both. More. Yeah, you can do both. You shouldn't have to choose between making a living and making a difference. Like, do it both at once. Love it. Well, Jess, it's been such an honor yeah. to have you. I've loved this conversation Thanks, and Sandy. I wish you nothing but the best. And thank me you. Me too. Thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you for thank what you. you're doing now. I love it. so many golden nuggets in that interview and I certainly hope that you were able to take just a couple of things and be able to apply it to your life and uh, think about you know making a difference in the world so you can learn more about Headbands of Hope at headbandsofhope.com so thank you so much for listening today as always I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace joy and happiness Take care, everyone.